1: Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts.
0: When he was hired, Scott Fitterer said he would be in on every deal. Well, at the NFL trade deadline, he was in on no deals. What does that mean for Fitterer and the Panthers moving forward? We'll talk about it right here
1: on Locked On Panthers. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network.
0: Every Wednesday throughout the rest of the regular season, I'll be answering your weekly Wednesday mailbag questions either at me or DM me over on Twitter at Julian Council to get your questions in for next Wednesday's edition of the weekly Wednesday mailbag right here on Locked On Panthers. Today's episode of Locked on Panthers is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On NFL for twenty dollars off your first purchase, last-minute tickets, lowest price, guarantee. Now Today is Wednesday, typically. I answer your weekly Wednesday mailbag questions, but with the NFL trade deadline having come and gone, I feel like I'm going to have to push the mailbag to next week, and a lot of the questions that were asked weren't really trade line specific. There were a couple, which I'll get to later on in the show, so apologies to anyone who sent me a DM with a question for the mailbag. I'll get to those next week after the Panthers face off against the U.S. Indianapolis Colts on Sunday and ahead of that Thursday night game against the Chicago Bears. So send them in for next week's edition. But today, we need to talk about the trade deadline. The Carolina Panthers did not make a deal. You're going to look at the headline of the show. It's going to say Carolina Panthers failed to make a deal at the NFL trade deadline. So how do you feel about this? Are you happy? Are you mad? For me, quite honestly, I'm not really upset at all. I think it's a good news, bad news kind of deal for the Carolina Panthers, where the good news is the Carolina Panthers didn't trade any assets for a player that wasn't really going to do anything to change their one in six status this season. And the bad news is they have not been able to recoup some of that draft compensation that they lost when they traded up to get Bryce Young at number one overall back in April in the NFL draft. So that's the good news. That's the bad news of it. Scott Fitterer, when he was hired here, told us that he would be in on every deal. Now, according to Joe Person, at the trade deadline, the Carolina Panthers made a lot of calls, but there was no real action according to his sources. So the Panthers were on the phone trying to be in on those deals, but Scott Fitter made no deals. And I'm not honestly that surprised. I sat at my desk all day on Tuesday monitoring the situation going on around the NFL, trying to see whether the Panthers would make a deal, what other deals are being made. And we're going to get to some of those uh, here shortly. That will have you going, hmm, especially when you look at the positions that were traded uh, for on Tuesday afternoon in the NFL. But Albert Beer reported this last week. The the two primary trade pieces the Carolina Panthers had that would have made a lot of sense, aside from Brian Burns. We're gonna get to him momentarily. Or Jeremy Chin. And Shaq Thompson, Jeremy Chin is on IR, and no team is going to trade for Jeremy Chin while he's on IR right now. And Shaq Thompson was also a player that they could have gone out and traded, but he's out for the rest of the season. So the two guys that would made a lot of sense for the Carolina Panthers to trade, according to Albert Breer, they were not available due to injury. So that did not help the Carolina Panthers. Two other players that we mentioned yesterday, Terrace Marshall, whose agent was given permission to seek a trade. His agent apparently went out there, shopped Terrace Marshall to the rest of the NFL, and the rest of the NFL said, yeah, we're not all that interested, or at least they said... This is what we'll give Carolina, and Carolina's like, that's not a good enough deal for us. Even though we only played four snaps versus Houston on Sunday, we'd like more. It's not working out, so Terrace Marshall remains a Carolina Panther. It'll be interesting to see if the Panthers decide to just release him and let him go find a new home that way, or if he gets to have an increased role, or if he's just not gonna play that much moving forward. We saw Jonathan Mingo have his best game so far of the season in his young career here in Carolina. That's not great news for Terrace Marshall, in fact, that Terrace Marshall doesn't want to be in Carolina. That He won another opportunity. That didn't come. So I would not be surprised to see Terrace Marshall's waived since the Carolina Panthers couldn't make a deal that made sense for them and also that he doesn't really seem to be in their plans uh, moving forward. Dante Jackson, as far as this season, it helps the Panthers. As J.C. Horn, there's no timetable or timeline when he's going to return here to Carolina uh, from that hamstring injury suffered in the first half of that game in week one against the Falcons. So Dante being here currently healthy that helps Carolina Panthers at the corner position if they would have got rid of him it would have been a lot of CJ Henderson which it already is right now and a lot of Troy Hill some DiCaprio Boodle uh, Deshaun Jameson and whoever else they could call upon to play corner for the Carolina Panthers moving forward so those are two other guys that could have done it and speaking of trading Dante Jackson you look at the financials had they done it it would have left $9.7 million of dead money next year. The Carolina Panthers are already do- dealing with a ton of dead money from trading Christian McCaffrey, DJ Moore, and the artist formerly known as Robbie Anderson. And even if they decide in the offseason, where there's a good case to be said that Dante Jackson's about to play his final 10 games as a Carolina Panther, if even is healthy enough to play the final 10 games of the season. This is probably it for Dante Jackson because the Panthers can save $6 million if they cut him pre-June 1st. And then if they cut him post-June 1st, they can save $10.6 And then they would have to split the dead money, which is still going to be $9.7 million. It's either going to be that in 2024 or they're going to split it between 24 and 25. And the Carolina Panthers love having dead money on the books because they trade players and they get rid of players that just don't fit into the equation of whatever their plans are moving forward. So Dante Jackson, he's still here. Terrace Marshall, he's here for now. We'll see how that works out. And, of course, Jeremy Chen, he's on IR. Shaq Thompson IR, on IR. Those guys could not be traded. Now, the player that made the most sense, aside from those players and who would have reaped the most, you would have thought, as far as trade compensation, uh, is... Brian Burns, who remains here in Carolina, remains without a contract as he wants to be paid among the highest defensive ends, edge rushers in the NFL. He has not gotten that deal so far. I do not believe he wants a Joey Bosa deal or a Nick Bosa deal, rather. Maybe a Joey Bosa deal, but not a Nick Bosa deal. We haven't seen the Panthers and Burns have any sort of contract negotiation discussions anytime soon here since the season started. So we'll see whether that changes moving forward. But we did see a couple teams in the NFL make some trades for edge rushers on tuesday both coming from washington and the commanders montez sweat the Chicago Bears traded a trade second-round pick for his services. It's an interesting trade. The Bears are no good. I don't know why they would make that if they're not going to immediately sign him to a new deal. We talked about it on yesterday's show. Last year, the Broncos traded Bradley Chubb to the Dolphins. A couple of days later, they signed him to the current $100 million deal he's playing on right now in Miami. Is that going to be the case for Montez Sweat? Chase Young? the former number two overall pick in the 2020 draft. He was traded for a conditional third round pick to San Francisco, a team that's looking to bolster their pass rush and of course wants to go out there and win a Super Bowl this year. So both those players, both edge rushers, young players who have not gotten that big deal yet, who are no longer with their former team in the Washington Commanders. And it's interesting because Washington, by all the reports, Diana Russini of ESPN.com, not ESPN, but the Athletics, she came out and said that Josh Harris, new owner there in Washington, wanted to get some compensation for these guys because they are going to rebuild. So, unfortunate for our old friend Ron Rivera, his days are numbered there in Washington. So, they're going out there and they're recouping those draft picks. Now, will they find players better than Montez Sweat and better than Chase Young in the draft? That's to be determined. I'm always going to be players over picks. But the Bears and the 49ers were looking for edge rush help and they went out there and made the deal. Did the Panthers have a conversation with either one of those teams for Brian Burns? Was an offer made that was a second-round pick or a conditional third? And if there was, is that good enough for you? Because for me, that's not really good enough for me. The best chance Panthers had to trade Brian Burns was last year when the Los Angeles Rams were willing to give up a first-round pick in 24 and in 25 along with a third-round pick. And the Carolina Panthers said, no, we want to keep Brian Burns with the thought that they are going to pay him eventually. They still have not done that they have no leverage and for whatever reason Brian Burns sits here today past the deadline still in Carolina and without a contract and I am just confused so I'm not upset the Panthers didn't make a trade it would have helped to be able to get more draft compensation but again as I've continued to say You can trade away good players for draft picks, but you have to be able to hit on those picks and replace them. And so far, the Carolina Panthers have failed at that. So I don't really have a ton of confidence in their ability to do it. That's not to say that they can't do it eventually, but the return so far... Under this current regime with Scott Fitterer and David Sapper as the owner, the Carolina Panthers, when they've traded away good players, they have not done a lot with the picks that they have used once they traded away those good players. So we'll see what the future holds for Brian Burns and the Carolina Panthers. But at the deadline, Scott Fitterer was in on no deals in the Carolina Panthers, now focus on the rest of the season, sitting at 1-6 and six, and hoping to maybe get back in the NFC South divisional race. We'll see how that works out over the next 10 weeks of the season. But looking at the draft picks and the future of Brian Burns, what is it in Carolina? Are they going to pay him? Because they have no leverage. We'll talk about that here in just a moment on Locked On Panthers. Our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On fantasy football host Vinny Iyer to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week, all season long. Whether you're prepping for a daily draft or scouting to waiver wire, every week we're going to provide you players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. So let's see who Vinny has picked out for us on this week's eBay's Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. Panthers running back Chuba Hover took over as the lead back in week eight, despite the return of Miles Sanders. Although Hubbard and the Panthers running game struggled, he should find more running room against the Colts' poorest front. The Panthers' power running game led by Hubbard should yield better results, which makes Hubbard a fantasy sleeper moving forward. Vinny Iyer from Lockdown Fantasy Football is going to help you win your fantasy championship. And eBay Motors has the championship teams about each player being a perfect fit. Same with your vehicle. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof rack, bumpers, whatever your baby needs. eBay Motors has it. And with eBay guaranteed fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebay.com motors. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only, exclusions apply. Taking a quick look at the Carolina Panthers draft compensation moving forward to the 2024 NFL draft. They own their second round pick, their own third round pick, their fourth round pick. their the San Francisco's fifth round pick for the McCaffrey trade, fifth round pick from the Tennessee trade, which I believe was um, Dennis Daly and a six round pick from the Robbie Anderson, now known as Robbie chosen trade a year ago and still amazing considering what Robbie has done really not done since being traded away from Carolina that the Panthers were able to get two picks uh, from him last year. So that then makes you wonder how are they not able to get anything for Terrace Marshall, who's still a young player, was a second round pick and Dante Jackson as well. And some of the other players out there that could have potentially been traded off of this roster. Uh, That will be a question that hopefully people can get to ask uh, Scott Fitterer here if he speaks to the media uh, sometime this week. And typically after these deals or no deals happen, the Carolina Panthers uh, are willing to put Scott out there. So we'll see if they are willing to do that this year. But again, the Panthers own their second-round pick, their third-round pick, the fourth-round pick. They own San Francisco's fifth-round pick, Tennessee's fifth-round pick, and Arizona's sixth-round pick. And it's still possible that the Carolina Panthers could end up getting more picks heading into the 2024 draft and even during the draft we saw back in 2021 Scott Fitterer go in there with I think that six picks. And they ended up leaving with 11. Now they've missed on a ton of those picks. And most of those guys are no longer here in Carolina. And the ones that are here, um, primarily J.C. Horn, are just not making that much of an impact. We're seeing a guy like Terrence Marshall want to be traded. That didn't happen. Tommy Trimble is now stepping into the role as a starting tight end, which is good. Brady Christensen's out for the season. Then everybody outside of that is no longer here in Carolina. So we've seen them be able to have a lot of draft picks Biden, and when they didn't have a lot going into the draft, but they missed on a ton of those. So we'll see what the Panthers do. Whether they have six picks going into the draft or they have 10, whenever they get to the draft, they need to do a much better job of actually drafting players that can come in and help them. It is positive to see that Bryce Young, of course, your starting quarterback, is out there making strides. Good to see Jamie Robinson finally get an opportunity there at the nickel uh, as JC, as uh, Jeremy Chen, rather, is on IR and out for a decent period of this season Uh, moving forward it's good to have seen DJ Johnson get more of a opportunity with Torgos Matos also on IR it's unfortunate it took players being on IR to get to see them but you've now seen everyone Jonathan Mingo who's starting you're seeing everyone in the five-man draft class get an opportunity And that's a good thing for the Panthers moving forward. We'll see if those guys turn out to actually be uh, big-time players. Now, Bryce is the one who needs to be. Uh, We'll see what the other four are able to do. Chandler Zavala, of course, has started many games so far this season and has struggled in those starts. But really, the main takeaway from the Panthers not making a deal is that Brian Burns is still here. And the Carolina Panthers have now had multiple opportunities to trade Brian Burns. They have not done it. You go back to last year, the Los Angeles Rams – offered a first-round pick in both 2024 and in 2025 and a third-round pick for Brian Burns. The Panthers said no. You go back to March 10th when the Carolina Panthers traded D.J. Moore along with their first-round pick this year and next year to go up and get Bryce Young, they could have traded Brian Burns, but they said no. And the Chicago Bears have now gone out there and got Montez swept because they were not able to get Brian Burns. And, of course, they signed Yannick Ngakwe, which I don't think he's done much at all for Chicago. But they could have done it then, and the Panthers said no. Scott Fitter said verbatim, Burns will be here. Brian Burns has said that he wants to be here in Carolina. The Panthers did not get a deal with him done as he was staging a hold-in, And before the season, they did not get it done. And they still do not seem to be headed towards a deal during the season. What it looks like what's going to happen is the Carolina Panthers are going to have to franchise tag Brian Burns come March. And then they're going to have until mid-July to come to terms with Brian Burns. Or he's either going to not play or have to play on the franchise tag. And then we're going to be doing the same song and dance next year at the deadline. And then we'll see if the Panthers are finally willing to trade him. But right now, you look at it. They're just not going to get that compensation. The best time to trade Brian Burns was last year. And once they decided not to accept that deal, they had no leverage. And they've now had one, two, three opportunities to trade Brian Burns. And they have decided not to do it. And each one of those opportunities, the compensation has gone down. They could have gotten the two first-round picks last year. You look at getting uh, the number one pick. Like, they that's... They did, it's not like they got anything in return other than Bryce Young, so that's obviously less than getting two first-round picks. And then, now the trade deadline, what were they going to get for Brian Burns? Was it a second-round pick from Chicago, which is what Washington got from Montez Sweat? Was it a conditional third-round pick from San Francisco? That Neither one of those are good enough for me, but of course it's better than if Brian Burns walks For nothing, which is not going to happen. They're going to franchise tag him if they're unable to come to terms with Brian Burns uh, by the start of free agency. And they'll keep him under the tag, whether he wants to sign the tag or not. That will be a conversation that we'll have, of course, throughout the offseason as that looks like where we're headed. People asked me last year, or not even last year, they asked me a couple months ago uh, back in August when we were wondering when Burns is going to get paid, uh, when I'd start to get worried. I would be worried if we get to mid-July and Brian Burns doesn't sign a deal. He would still play. I can't imagine he wouldn't play on the franchise tag next year. But that's part of the thing about the franchise tag that I hate. If you have no intention of paying the player what he rightfully is owed, then why the hell are you holding him hostage? Let Burns go get his money and actually go somewhere where he can win if you don't want to pay him, which is why I've said time and time again, the Carolina Panthers have no leverage. They have no leverage. DJ Johnson got an opportunity only because other guys are injured. So far, you've seen absolutely nothing out of Justin Houston, who is an age, not aging, an aged player. Itor Grosmatos looked better this year, but he's not a consistent edge rusher. The Panthers do not have any young edge rushing prospects that they can seriously build this defense around. Brian Burns is it. They don't have leverage. They have multiple times to. They could have traded him away, and they have failed to do it. They have chosen not to do it. So, with that being the case, just pay the man. Pay him. You have no leverage now. I don't think he's worth thirty million a year, but are we talking about twenty-seven mil. I can. I'm fine with that. Five sacks so far this season. Has he been outstanding so far? No, but there's still ten games left to play. He could end up getting hot and having another double-digit sack season, I don't know if he's going to go to the Pro Bowl because his team's no good, but if he has another double-digit sack season, it's going to be pretty hard to deny Brian Burns the kind of money that he's asking for. So we'll see. There's really never been any concrete report of what exactly he wants. I know ESPN reported that he wants something around 27, 28. You look at the Max Crosby numbers, that's about 23 million. And just the way these things work, typically, depending on when you get paid, you get more than the last guy. 25 to 27, that would make a lot of sense for Brian Burns. I just don't know why the Carolina Panthers continue to refuse to trade him away and then don't give him a contract. Look, we just stop with all of this. It's nonsense. The Panthers, they have another opportunity. Once they do slap the tag on Brian Burns, they could tag him and trade him. In a similar way, when we talk about T. Higgins, I don't think the Bengals are going to let T. Higgins just walk away for nothing. They would probably tag him and then trade him. Can we do a like for like swap there? It would leave a massive hole. Uh, And the defense of the Carolina Panthers, but that's the next opportunity if they're going to be able to trade Brian Burns. So we'll see if the Panthers will do that, but right now I am just befuddled, bewildered, and bemused by how they have yet to get a deal done, even though they just refuse to trade him away for compensation. So what now? Brian Burns is staying. The Panthers are one in 6 They're not that far out if you really look at the divisional standings. What now for the Carolina Panthers moving forward, and what options may they have once they get to the offseason as far as bolstering this roster? We'll talk about it here in just a moment on On Panthers. You shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. With killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee. Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. Game Time is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. See the view from your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive All-in prices show your total up front so you know you're getting a great deal without hidden fees. Buy tickets in seconds with just two taps. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONNFL. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-F-L for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed.
1: And you can listen to alternate routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus.
0: So what now for the Carolina Panthers? They decided that they didn't have any deals out there that they wanted to accept, or maybe they just weren't able to come to terms with one the Carolina Panthers. Uh, They stood pat. They failed to make a deal. At the deadline, however you want to look at it, there's no players leaving. There's no players coming in. The Carolina Panthers still are out a first-round pick in 2024. And without that first-round pick, there's a lot of fans out there that are lacking the hope that they desperately want heading into the 2024 offseason. So again, they own their second-round pick, their third-round pick, their fourth-round pick, San Francisco's fifth, Tennessee's fifth, and Arizona's sixth-round pick. Only six, and the Panthers certainly have many holes they need to fill once they get to the draft and really before that get into free agency in 2024. Now, just looking at the rest of the season, as I stated a couple days ago, the Carolina Panthers now finally get a win. We'll see what that does for morale moving forward. There's no longer the specter of being winless and the possibility that this player or that player could be traded away. And Brian Burns, he said he was less pressed about it than he has been in the past. I think last year, certainly, knowing that your head coach is gone, that it would make sense for the organization to completely rebuild and start getting as many picks as possible, that he could have left in a place that he wanted to stay in, in Carolina, in a place he still wants to stay in. But he wasn't really all that concerned about it. So now that all of that's gone and we know who's going to be here on the team moving forward, what are the Carolina papers going to do with it? What are they going to be able to do? They have a game that's winnable on Sunday against Indianapolis. Gardner Minshew going to be starting for the Colts. Frank Reich revenge game, if you want to call it that. They can win that game. They can beat Chicago, especially if it's still Tyson Bagent out there, apparently the, the guy who's going to save the Bears, which is a r- ridiculous assertion. So that's three games potentially out of the bye The Carolina Panthers to go out there and win. Dallas, probably not going to go well. Tennessee, We'll see whether Tannehill comes back. we got Will Levis, who had three or four touchdowns on Sunday. There are some winnable games here on the schedule, and they still have four divisional games left the rest of the way. I am not saying that the Carolina Panthers are going to be a playoff team, that they're still in a division race. But you start winning a couple games, you look at the rest of the division, I think everyone has four losses. The Panthers aren't that far out. When you look at the loss column from those other teams in their division, still two games against Tampa Bay to play, one against Atlanta at home. And once against the world down in the Superdome. So we'll see what they're able to do. We know that this is a the team they're going to roll with. That they felt comfortable That with this. Uh, they felt comfortable not wanting to get rid of anybody and get those picks for whatever reason. I don't know. We'll, we'll find out more reporting uh, moving forward. Whether the Panthers even more close to a deal. Because we did find after the fact that the Panthers could have had a deal with Brian Burns last year and they did not make that happen. But I did get a couple questions kind of just asking about like, hey, what what now do the Carolina Panthers do? What does it look like moving forward as far as trying to rebuild this roster and get it to a point where it can be competitive um, And with the assumption that their Panthers are not going to be able to turn things around and be back in the playoff picture, uh, well, be in the playoff picture, not even back in it, but be in it uh, come December. And got one question from somebody saying, assuming the Panthers don't trade for wide receiver today, which they did not, do they by default have to use their first draft pick in 2024 to address that position or do you think the free agent market next year will be robust enough to fill this gaping hole in their offense and also another question similar to that Are Panther fans undervaluing the second round pick that they do have uh, that we do have we may not get an elite wide receiver but if we sign a top free agent wide receiver like T Higgins we could get a first round talent uh, talent talent player at the beginning of the second round especially if we keep losing at the Panthers bottom out they could have like what, the 32nd or 33rd or 34th pick, they could have an extremely high pick in the second round. And Scott Fitter has come out multiple years and said that the meat of the draft is between like 15 and 40. The Carolina Panthers got a player in John Domingo who started every game except for the one he was injured for at wide receiver, and you saw him look pretty good. His, the best he's looked so far on Sunday afternoon. Now, they had another second-round wide receiver, and Terrace Marshall, that has not panned out right now, who was drafted very early there in the second round a couple years ago. At some point, you would like to get someone in the first round, but we've seen guys like D.K. Metcalf go in the second round. We've seen A.J. Brown, who might be the best receiver in the league, be a second-round pick. The Panthers can find someone with that talent. They just got a hit. It's unfortunate that they're not going to be bad enough and have their first-round pick to get Marvin Harrison Jr., It's unfortunate. Roma Dunze from Washington, he's probably not going to be available either. But I've said they have so many receivers coming out of college nowadays. You can find someone. And teams, year after year, are able to find guys in the draft. For whatever reason, the Carolina Panthers just aren't one of those teams. Now, that has to change. Whether you have Bryce here or whether you get rid of Burns or not, the Panthers have to do better at identifying talent in the draft and developing that talent once they finally get him here, get them there, him really, but get them here. So they need to do a better job with that. And I would think ideally for the Panthers, when you look at what they have is that you would ideally be able to get T Higgins. Now, I think the Bengals, if they're smart, don't let them go anyways. What they do, they got to tag them, trade them. That wouldn't mean the Panthers have to give it more compensation. Do you want to do that? I think some people would say, yes. What's that going to cost you? Is that going to cost you that second round pick in 2024? is because the Bengals are going to want to be able to find a way to get a replacement for T. Higgins, who was a second-round pick. They're not just going to be cool with not getting that. They're going to want that. Or at least they're going to want the 2025 first-round pick. So it's going to cost you something to be able to get him. So for the Carolina Panthers, it might just be, all right, maybe there's someone out there who's a free agent that's available that can come in and it can help out and they can take somebody in the second round and it's that free agent, it's Thielen, it's Mingo, and it's that second-round pick. But is that going to be good enough for next year? I don't know. They, they got they got some things to do. It's not going to be as simple as, oh, sign this player and all is well. It's possible that Tegan's hits free agency. I just don't think the Bengals are that poorly run of an organization anymore to where that will happen. Maybe they bingle again and that does happen. It just will be interesting to see. The Carolina Panthers, and this is their team moving forward, They have some winnable games ahead of them. We'll see if they're able to win them, and then maybe we can have a different conversation uh, at the end of this month here in November, and we'll see what things look like once they do get to the offseason next year. But there's still 10 more games left to play. That's gonna wrap up this edition of the Locked On Panthers Podcast. A part of the Locked On Podcast Network, hosted by yours, Julie, Julian Council again, y'all. Subscribe or follow the show for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter at Julian Council, where on Wednesdays throughout the rest of the regular season, I'll be back here to answer your weekly Wednesday mail-back questions, either at me or DM me over on Twitter to get those questions into me now. But again, follow first. But in the meantime, be safe. Be happy, be whole, as always, keep pounding. And I'll talk to you guys on Thursday as it's yet another Locked On NFL crossover Thursday with the host of Locked On Colts.
1: Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.